0: You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, episode 90. Today we're talking about building empires, living large, and scaling with paid marketing. So stay tuned. Join me as we explore the strategies that you can implement to create and grow a business based on your expertise. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome back to another Monday episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. To all our US listeners, I hope you had a fantastic 4th of July and to everyone, I hope you had a wonderful weekend and you're looking forward to starting a new week and I hope it is a sensational week ahead for you. I've spent the weekend really uh, getting in and planning um, the rest of my year, making sure that I'm on track, making sure that I'm still implementing what I planned at the beginning of the year. The, The middle of the year is a really great time to check in. Well, it's the beginning of the financial year. So it's a great time to set goals and plans in place for the next financial year. But for a calendar year, it's a great time to check in. You know, we're six months through the year, great time to check in and make sure we're heading in the right direction. Now, I did put a a free resource together at the beginning of the year. Use it to check where you are. Things like setting your expected outcomes, how you want your business to be helping you to create the life that you want, helping you to set revenue targets in your business and understanding the different programs and the different revenue streams, developing a marketing strategy, figuring out who your support team is and helping getting them to help you with your systems and processes. All of these things are in the Thought Leaders Business Growth Plan, which I've put together. So if you'd like to download this amazing resource and I say amazing it's actually the, the exact resource that I use in my business. You can go and grab your copy at Global forward slash plan and uh yeah, jump in, get into it. It's it's a really great document to a resource to help you get clear on where you're going and uh help you to achieve your goals, to reach whatever level you want to be reaching whatever success looks like to you. It's the framework to help you design that. But let's get into today's episode. Today's episode, I've invited Brett Campbell to join us. Brett and I talk about how to scale your business with paid marketing, or let me say we eventually get to that. Today, Brett and I go down a huge rabbit hole. We were talking about building empires. We talked about living a life that you know, in a way, in a in a level that we're here to live our life. Uh, and then, yes, we did eventually get to scaling with paid marketing, but it all ties together, everything that we talked about. Now, Brett won the Social Media Agency of the Year for Australia and New Zealand within their first 12 months of operations. He's a business expert when it comes to fast and effective business growth Having invested himself personally over $2 million in paid advertising, and his company now manages millions of dollars a year in advertising spend for his clients in over 30 industries. He's a published author, global speaker, and television personality on Australia's number one mainstream business channel. So without further ado, let's welcome Brett Campbell into the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Brett. It's great to have you joining me here today.
1: Absolute pleasure. Thank you for uh, for having me. Apparently, well, the- I'm the second guest in a row here, and uh, <laughs> I've got a lot to live up to by the sounds of your last interview. So, oh,
0: my last interview I'm, was amazing. I'm however, in saying <laughs> things in double. This is the second time I've had you on the show. Not well. We had you on the, my old show, Unlimited Influence. So you're a repeat guest. So you, yeah, yeah, you do have a lot to live up to. You're
1: <laughs> special. I'm, I love a good challenge. I think if you know you know me well enough to know that I like a good challenge. So.
0: I'm really looking forward to talking today. We're going to talk about how to scale with paid marketing. And I think this is one of the subjects that everyone thinks that they need right up front. And I've got a sneaky suspicion that we're going to probably finish this episode with some people thinking, oh, maybe I'm not where it's at. What do you think about that?
1: I believe that you're a smart individual. And that's probably where I think we'll end up. And the reason for that is, you know, to to add some context is, you know, yes, we're going to sort of try and steer this conversation around how to scale with paid advertising. But, you know, I truly believe in, you know, in our current business, um, Campbell Media Group, uh, we've been in operations for two years in the digital growth space. And and in that space, that's like a 20-year business really it's, yeah, it's exactly things yeah. changing and i've had the opportunity over the last two years to talk with you know hundreds of business owners ranging from small business owners all the way up to you know fortune 500 billion dollar companies ceos and looking at what is required to increase number one their bottom line their revenue and how do we do that by paid advertising and i have been on a bit of a bandwagon of late, and I'm sure we'll we'll jump into it, but a bandwagon of late around a conversation that I feel needs to be had prior to this. How many campaigns should I add? How many ads should I use? Should it be carousels or videos or this or that? You know, so one thing I know for sure about paid advertising is that the vehicle in which we utilize changes very frequently and can be on a different track day to day. Mm -hmm. But the philosophy and the underlying... Approach strategy and how we achieve the ultimate end outcome remains fairly similar. That's why you know a lot of philosophy and a lot of wisdom stands the test of time because it's just true, mm-hmm. right? Where I think a lot of business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs, we sort of see something for what it is in its its own silo, and we're not looking at it holistically from that yeah. thirty thousand foot perspective.
0: So what I'm hearing from that is, and this is something that's just coming up over and over and over in a lot of these interviews, is that we're actually asking the wrong questions right from the get go.
1: I love that because if you're not getting the right answer, you need to ask a different question, right? Simple as that. So you can go bang your head against the brick wall. I mean, you might be able to get some of the concrete or the brick off the wall, but you're going to have no head left before the the wall's through, right? So sometimes you just got to pay attention and I I call it the the glitch in the matrix. You know, you got to pay attention to the glitches in your own internal matrix, right? So if something doesn't feel right or something's not working, you need to actually stop, pay attention to it, assess, reassess and, and rebuild and strategize down a different path. But I feel a lot of business owners are working on the right things just at the wrong time. Yes. So yes, it's important for you to have Facebook ads up and running in your business, but right now might not be the best time for you to do that because you don't have a sales system, you don't have the overall strategy, you don't know how your Facebook ads are going to tie into your monthly KPIs, your quarterly budgets, you know, your yearly forecasts, three year forecasts, et cetera. And we're sitting there going, let's just run some ads and we'll see what happens, right? The reality is because, and when I said at the start here, you know, Campbell Media Group itself, We've only been in operations for two years. That's a long time in a very, very, very new industry. The industry is so new, it has yet to become really established. Mm-hmm. Right? So we only recently just got our mark, um, Facebook marketing partnership for agencies with Facebook. So we're a dedicate, we've are got our own dedicated internal reps and not just a support chat that you can get. That took us millions of dollars of ad spend to put through the business, mm-hmm. right? a, a lot of time to be able to get that. And there's only a few dozen of us in Australia who have that sort of credibility. Now, I share that because we've had to put a lot of time, effort, energy into making that happen. And it's only now that the industry is starting. We're still at the precipice of this. A very starting point of it's starting to become more regulated. And, And an example I use there is... You see, and you'll see this a lot, because we probably have a, a, a different perception, because we think that what we see in Facebook, everyone sees, right? But we're in our oh. own internal bubble, right? Uh-huh. In, and you're in the thought leadership space. I was there heavily two years ago, and I sort of stepped out of it slightly and more into a different world now, and I'm starting to see different things, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One thing I know to be true, and you, you'll be able to testify to this, is you can't go through a day in your newsfeed where someone's asking, hey, should I run multiple ad sets? Should I do dynamic creative? Should I use, you know, dynamic product ads here or or should it be motion graphics or or whatever the case? Like these questions are popping up, right? And someone asked me this a couple of weeks ago, I was in an event and they're like, why do you think there's so much conversation of people asking these questions out there in Facebook world? And I'm like, it's because it's such a brand new industry and people don't know what to do. And And I don't mean they don't know what to do in the sense of, how to run an ad, because yeah, they don't know how to do that, but that's not the important component here. They don't know what to do. So I I said to him, I said, when was the last time you seen a post on Facebook where someone is asking you about what they put in the W2 wages and salaries field um, when submitting their own BAS returns? Yeah. You don't see that, right? Because accounting is an industry and it's been around for many, many years. It's established. You pay money to go to an accountant. Mm-hmm. you know that they are more skilled at it than you are. Mm-hmm. So we are starting to, and what we're seeing with our own organization, you know, we've got a team of just over 20 people now. We're growing and rapidly. We've got some pretty audacious goals. You know, We set out to be the number one digital growth agency on this planet. We will achieve that hands down. And the difference with that is we're not a solopreneur. We're not one or two people because when you're in that sort of space, it becomes a bit of a hobby or it's a side project or, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I don't mean to, you know, I don't want to sort of try and make anyone out there who's a one man band doing an agency right now, you know, you're having a good crack. And I love that. That's what I love most the entre- totally. spirit. Right. But what happens is because we're, we're sort of, sort of in this filtration of there's a, there's a lot of people trying it out there now. There's not really many established businesses and companies who can be that sort of go to, resource essentially, right? Mm -hmm. Uh So you pay your accountant to do a specific job. What I'm starting to see based on my hundreds of conversations with business owners and small business owners and generally, you know, whenever I go speak at an event, they'll ask me to come and speak about Facebook ads and I'm like, cool, I can speak about that. But what's going to happen is at the end of the session, 99% of the business owners are going to realize that's not what they should be doing. Yes. Right? They should not be doing it. So the line that I always love to leave people with, is not how, but who, right? Not how do I do this? It's who can I get to do this for me? Uh-huh. Right? And once business owners realize that they're an actual business owner and they're not the solopreneur who has to do everything in their business, you can then start to see business from a business lens yes. right? and go, well, in order to grow this thing, We need to have a marketing department. We need to have a sales department. We need to have an operational manager, et cetera, et cetera, you know, fulfillment, et cetera. So it's really, really, um, it's exciting for me because it's this new narrative that I get to talk about and I want to be preaching out to everyone. And, you know, I appreciate you having me here to be able to, to share this conversation as well. And it's, I think business owners need to start realizing that they're business owners and they're not Facebook marketers.
0: Yeah. And it's actually, you've just freaked me out. And I remember you did this to me last time, bringing up exactly what you did then, because this was a conversation I was having with my clients on a group coaching call yesterday. And the reason it came up was because I said, how is always the wrong question, always as the first question. I mean, there are times that we need to use that how question, but it's always who first. And one of my clients was sharing that he's been trying to integrate his CRM with his website for something like six months, even though every week I'm just like, can you please <laughs> just get someone to do that? Mm-hmm. And he did finally get someone to do it last week. And he said the problem that he didn't realize well, afterwards, he didn't see the depth of where I was trying to get him to go, is that not only did he not know how to do it, but it was absolutely tying up his head space. So he, not only was he spending all this time thinking about how to integrate a piece of software that he doesn't need to know because it needs to happen once, get it, give it to the expert. But two, he actually couldn't be creative and do what he needed to do in his, in his work. He was unable to come up with new programs or new you know, content because his, his headspace was mm. totally taken up in the right space. So we're, we're so on the right, the right um, wavelength there. But before we go down the Facebook route, I, I want to go back to two years ago because I find this really intriguing. You were in the thought leadership teaching, sort of coaching, speaking space You've kind of done it backwards to how most people would do it in that normally people say, oh, we want to leverage and have this freedom, you know, this freedom business uh, where we can work where we want, when we want, have no, no staff, you know, in the office and you've done it completely opposite. Mm. Can you share why, why you've done this?
1: Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> Strap yourselves yeah. in. I can tell you yeah. did then. <laughs>
1: yeah as you said, I'll paint the landscape first was, you know, I, I've got a fitness company as well. So I've got a number of companies that I cut my teeth in the fitness space, right? Mm-hmm. So to give give the listeners some context here, is I cut my teeth in the fitness space. Yes. Right? So I built a fitness company, um, I learned my trade, let's call it online marketing, digital marketing, how to grow a business in that realm, right? So, you know, at this stage, we we're the fastest growing fitness company in the country. We built a f- franchise. We we launched it. We had hundreds of applicants wanting to own a franchise. You know, we started a fitness college. We were selling tens of thousands of online products um, every single year. Everything was fantastic. And I used Facebook and that's why I get back into this facebook realm i facebook was the vehicle at the time in order for us to do that with that company Mm -hmm. right i knew from day one that i wanted to teach people at the heart of it i'm a teacher i'm a contributor i just love like so this right now i I love doing this more than i love receiving checks Uh right in a sense, right? Don't yep. get me wrong. I love a lot of chicks though. Yes. And I said, checks, not chicks. I am married. Um, <laughs> my accent, I just want to clear that up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that lovely New Zealand accent. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's fine. <laughs> Someone sends my wife a message. Hey, he you city you you he loves chicks more than, <laughs> than making money. He's like, what? So I was going through that that progression of, I knew that that's what I wanted. And yeah, I sort of went from this, how to build a fitness company. People going, how do you do it? I showed them how to do it. Then I got sort of a bit bored with just teaching fitness professionals. I, you know, I want to teach other people who want to build their own businesses. And at the time I was building my own personal brand and so forth. And I fell in love with that, you know, getting your own personal message out to the world, to the people who want it and need it most. You know, and that thought leadership came from a very, very significant thing that happened in my life. So built the fitness company, everything was fantastic. And I rang up my friend one day, she's in New Zealand and I ended up talking to her husband and she'd just gone through cancer, right? Mm-hmm. And she'd just, she'd had breast cancer two years earlier. She went through it. She ended up getting diagnosed with brain cancer again. And she was just coming out the other end of that. And she was going to be home in a few days. And I was ringing up talking to organize uh, time to, to go on holiday. Right, to go over there, because I was like, man, everything's great. I'm going to take a few days off and I'll come and see her as well. Rang up my friend. He goes, yeah, come over in a couple of weeks. So I was like, cool, I'll book my ticket. Sat down, went to book my ticket. And then just as I was about to place the order, this overwhelming feeling said, don't do it. So I rang him back up and I said, hey, man, I'm not going to come over in a couple of weeks. I'm actually coming over on Monday. And this mm-hmm. was like Friday, right? So on the plane, went over on Monday. She got out of the hospital on Monday. To paint the picture, they lived in a very, very small timber home like i'm talking very small it's, it was three bedroom but you could almost say i was like it's the size of our lounge room now really yeah. it's 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 very very small so yeah. small that the hospital bed that she had to be on because she still had to be sort of elevated when she slept the hospital bed that she had to be on couldn't fit through the hallways oh wow so it was in the lounge so that was her makeshift bedroom so i arrive you know 9 a.m in the morning and her husband walks down the driveway to meet me gives me a hug and he goes oh, i just let you know she had a bit of a bad night last night didn't sleep too well i'm like that's cool i've got a whole week here right i'm here for a week can't wait to catch up with all the boys and hang out and get to hang out with her and it was fantastic and she didn't know i was coming and uh, i walk into the house and she's asleep i sit down beside her hold her hand and like literally I, it was like i held an ice block i was like well that's freezing and um sat down and then she, her eyes just like opened wide and she's like oh thank you so much for coming because she didn't realize i was coming and uh, so she like said had a bad night the night before and she was coughing and and really struggling a little bit you know three hours later she actually passed away whilst i was sitting there on the couch watching her and i was like what the heck has just happened right i was like whoa i was there for three hours and this happened like she was supposed to be good she was supposed to be on the mend and we'd had this amazing week planned and we're going to do stuff and i'm like what the heck is this? And I went into sort of, you know, problem solver mode and, you know, sorted out everything. I was talking, you know, letting the friends know what happened, trying to console her, her family and, and, you know, just trying to get everything sorted. And, and it was seven days later, I was actually on the plane. Like I didn't even need to extend. Like it's, it, when I look at this, I just, when I go back through and I know you'll be able to connect cause you're, you're quite a spiritual type person yeah. as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is like, every single thing of that entire week it was like it was planned and it was meant to happen mm. right so to the point where I didn't even have to change my flight didn't have to do anything and funnily enough I'm like when I was packing my bag I was like should I you know bring some like my black shirt yeah you know, should I bring wow. my black dress shirt and I'm like well when am I going to wear that I was like, I'll throw it in anyway right yep. like
0: yeah
1: holy shit yeah like everything, it was almost like this thing was planned to happen. And I was like, holy crap. And at that sort of time, you know, a few years ago I was, I was really deep in this whole thing of, you know, everything happens for a reason in the universe and just really connected spiritually. And, and I, my intuition was so strong. It was like, I get deja vu so frequently. And I was like, well, this is just crazy. And it was, I was on the way home on the plane and I literally just burst out in tears. And you know, the, Air host is like, are you okay? You know, give me tissues and stuff because I'm bloody snot coming out of my nose. <laughs> like, oh, my God. This is, this is just a, a, a nightmare. And I wasn't crying because she had passed away because I'd had an entire week where we mourned and we had a funeral and, you know, got to say goodbyes and so forth. Uh-huh. I cried because I was sitting there and I'd built a company that I hadn't even checked in with myself, Sam, to go... Did I even want to build this? Like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, if you had, and I asked myself the question, I said, you know, she's if I only had five years to live, is this what I want to continue doing for the next five years? If I only had three years to live, would I want to continue doing this? Yeah. What if I had twelve months? You know, twelve months sort of changes the story because I'd take all the money out of the bank and go and and take go, off, go crazy right back. Yeah, yeah. Five years is sort of that limit where I hit, and I was like, five years is is too long to do nothing. But it it flipped the switch in me, and I was like, damn, that's this isn't what I'm put on this planet to do. And that's where I started my business, Unleash Your Greatness, right, which is in the the personal development, the self-help field. And that was where I was just extremely passionate about helping people unleash their greatness, you know, so Mm -hmm. they can become the best version of themselves. So they can show up for their friends, their family members, and everyone they love. They can contribute and they can have what they want, you know, and if that's cars and houses and bloody whatever you want, then that's fantastic. I just, I wanted to help people get Mm -hmm. what they Mm -hmm. wanted in life. Yep. But before I could do that, I had to help myself, right? I had to help myself get what I wanted. And I was living incongruent to, to this. Whilst on the outside, it's like, man, everything's great. You're doing well. You're helping you know, hundreds of thousands of people from around the world. So it wasn't about how much impact I was having. It was about the type of impact, right? Which so many people get caught up with only to serve a million people. So man, imagine those serving 10,000 people and really making an impact. Yeah, you know? yeah not having a 10 million, 20 million people seeing a post you put up, right? Yeah. So there's, there's different levels of impact. And for me, I wasn't having the type of impact, one, that I knew I could have, mm-hmm. right? And two, I wanted to have. Yeah. Right, so when I realized that, I had to do something about it. So I started Unleash Your Greatness. Um, ran that for the first two years. And the sort of, now I can get into the answer of your question. <laughs> <laughs> Is, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine and I was doing this thought leadership business let's call it authority academy which which was the coaching and mentoring teaching people how i had been able to make money you know online etc etc and that was growing rapidly you know that grew into a seven-figure consulting business in the first few months and you know so everything looked great and i started to sort of be into this i get to have this sort of laptop-ish lifestyle i get to fly around speak i get to have my um Mastermind group, my inner circle group, come in. I get to teach, and so all of that was great. You know, there was only me and a, and that three other team members in the team, and I was like, this is, this is what I originally sort of set out to want to achieve, right? Yep. And it was a conversation with a friend of mine that I just remember this entire conversation, and we're talking along the lines of, and I'm like, yeah, I just want to go all in on this unleash greatness, and I want to, I just want to have an impact, you know. Is bigger than I could even comprehend right now, and and I want to run events, every, you know, every single couple of weeks, and this and that, and I want to write books and heaps of podcasts and all that stuff, right? That we uh-huh, all get uh-huh. caught up into the the glitz and glamour of it, which yep. you know, again has a great impact. But I was like, that's what I want to do, and. You know, it was like we were talking and he goes, you know, who would you sort of compare like the business sort of model against? I said, well, you know, Tony Robbins obviously is his business model. I really liked it. I liked that he gets to do big events, he's thousands of people, he gets to have a massive impact and so on and so forth. And he goes, he said something to me that (coughs) changed everything. And I love
0: a good question.
1: Yeah. Why do you think people listen to Tony Robbins? And I was like, Cause he's fucking awesome. Like, cause he, cause he's like, God, he, he just seems to be able to say all the right things, you know? So sort of that, that, that's sort of my initial thoughts. I was like, and he goes, he goes, Brett, you're forgetting one thing. He goes, he's got an empire behind him, mm. right? More people are going to listen to you when you have an empire behind you. Cause you've got substance, you've got depth. Right. And I was like, Oh no. 'Cause I knew what I needed to do. I knew I knew and I already knew before that, but that it was sort of the, the door had opened, I was like, damn it, now I've seen it sort of you know, when you had that sort of
0: Pandora's micro- box has opened.
1: It was, and I was like, When you when you touch your electric fence, you can't deny that it's electric. Yeah. When I had that thought that landed in my head, the glitch in the matrix, as I referred to a little bit earlier, when I had that, I was like, Oh my gosh, you're right. So my options were I could have doubled down winning in on unleash your greatness and the thought leadership side of things and just push as hard as I can with that. And I still would have had a great impact. I was having a good, great impact. Right. And I could have earned, you know, millions of dollars doing that still. But I knew that wasn't the impact that I was supposed to have on this planet. Mm-hmm. Right? I knew it. And that congruency, um, disproportionate congruency there for me was like, ah, I have to go and do this thing. And, For about a year, 18 months prior to starting Campbell Media Group, coaching all my clients, as you would understand, biggest problem I seen was people being able to generate business. Mm -hmm. And I knew the easiest and the fastest and most effective way to generate business was through paid advertising. Mm -hmm. So, of course, I could lead a horse to water. I can even hop on the horse's head, put the horse's head in the water. Mm -hmm. But I still can't make it, drink it. Yeah. So even to the point where I was sitting in clients' campaigns and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to do this sort of for you. And I felt this resistance because i was like, man, look, this is not why I'm coaching or mentoring someone uh-huh. to do it for them. I was like, so, but the helper in me was like, I'll just do it for you. It'll be easier, right? Uh-huh. Which it wasn't. It was harder because I was, you know, all the mental anguish that I was bringing on to myself by just doing that. Yep. And it was like every week it would have there would have been – not a week went by in that 18 months where people weren't asking me just to do it for them can you do it for me can you do it for me can you do it for me Mm -hmm. and i'm like man if i realize that this is the what is the vehicle that is going to actually one help my clients get better results you know who am i to potentially deny that right and i went through this whole conversation and i weighed it up and i'm like could i go all in on unleash your greatness now or can i put unleash your greatness on a little hiatus right and when i say hiatus it just means i have stopped running the events i stopped running the retreats you know i've still got my book and and got online course etc but i i'm not actively out there waving that big flag right now around that because i went all in on on building this organization that will become number one in its field we will create hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue it will provide that empire so that when when i do decide or when when we exit the business if that's the case or someone something like that happens right down many years to come my message is going to be even more powerful and more impactful and i can tell you this right now what i've learned in the last two years of building this organization and i call an organization as a company it's not just a, a couple of like there are some significant things that need to change when you build a team over half a dozen people Mm-hmm. And when you make big commitments and you're managing millions of dollars of other people's money, right? This last two years has put me on the biggest, and I already thought I was at a, at a really good peaking stage of, mm-hmm. of this personal development, that as we call it, right? I've learned a lot. I've gone through a lot. But the last two years has like 50X'd what I would have learned if I stayed in the unleash your greatness path that thought leadership path till now, like I can, I can hands down guarantee, even if I step away from this business right now, the unleash your greatness that I launch back is far superior to what I would have even created going through that unleash your greatness Mm -hmm. stage, if that makes sense. So it was a big decision. It was a very humbling decision for me and, and I knew that I had to do it. Mm hmm. So I did it
0: yeah look thank you so much for sharing that story I mean I was listening to it and something that I talk about a lot is you your success to you doesn't need to matter like it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks of success it's what it means to you and I think that it's really important for every single one of us to check in and I check in quite often but I think this is you know you sharing that story is a great way for people to check in, ask themselves the right questions because just because I now like to work the way I do and I call it in a freedom business, it's because I was in the traditional business for 20 years and this is now what I like to do. It's, it's an alignment to our values. It's align, in alignment to, to what success means to us. It's in alignment with our desires and passions and it's really important to ask the questions to know what it is that we want to do and not get caught up in someone else's story of what our path is meant to look like mm. at all. That, you know, I remember a conversation I had with my ex-husband probably about oh, maybe even 12, 15 years ago now. We had a, a multi-million-dollar company but hadn't cracked that eight figures. And I just said to him, you know, I think that we should exit this now and sell it because it had just it had grown, 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 grown like this for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, I reckon we're almost at, the top there so it's the time to exit now before you kind of come down the other side or before it you know it stabilizes oh I and mean, i think we should exit and buy something else and change our industries you know and go into something for me personally i want to experience running an eight-figure company now for anyone that's listening it wasn't about the money to me it was about just to prove to myself that i could do it, it that yes. was, it's just really important to me and and he's just like no nah, no way there is no way you work so hard i'm not risking everything and that, it's such a memorable journey or a memorable moment to me to realise how different our values were, but neither one was right or wrong. It was just that was what, what's important to us. And, you know, as a side note, that's when I thought, oh, my God, is this what it's like forever? Uh-uh, I'm out of here. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, yeah, I think it's really cool that you shared that story purely because so many people are shouting the, you know, have the freedom, leverage and sort of get out of that. But for you, building that empire is yeah. really important. So thanks for sharing that because I think it's so cool.
1: Can I add some add some context to that? Because <laughs> yeah. as you say, this freedom business, I had a community that I created, I've still got a best good lifestyle entrepreneurs, right? Mm-hmm. And I looked at that, and my original thought of a, of a lifestyle or a freedom based business was not being or being able to sort of work when you wanted, how you wanted, Mm -hmm. you get to choose a sort of income, Well, you get to drive the the amount of income that you could potentially earn. Yep. But I'll tell you what, I've got more freedom now and more lifestyle flexibility right now with the organization I've grown and put myself into the position of, and I've intentionally designed that from day one, Mm -hmm. but I actually have more freedom now. And, I think that's a really important distinction because people, people's belief around a freedom business might be, yep, you and three VAs. But you can have, I've got more freedom now than when I had me and me and two people, me and three people, and a whole team of VAs. I've got way more freedom now. now I've got an amazing team of people who are experts in their field. Mm-hmm. And I get to work in, as you love to call it, and I think it's great way of phrasing it, is my zone of genius. Yeah. Like my role now with inside my organization, other than, you know, steering the, the vision and so forth and, and making major sort of decisions is to wave our flag as hard as we can. So everyone knows who we are. Everyone knows about the amazing work we do. Everyone knows the success that we're achieving for our clients and why we are the best and why you would want to even listen to us. Like that's a, for me, I've got more freedom right now to be able to do that because that's what I always wanted to do in my own lifestyle business, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I still had to do the send the email blasts or I still had to do some Facebook posts or um, I still had to do certain tasks that without the ability to have an amazing team of people, I never could have had that freedom. Yeah. And, and that's another thing that my friend said to me at the very start um, when we're talking about this building an empire, let's call it, was building a team of people like I was so against that in regards to building a big team like I was just like ah you know the same old like I you know everyone's thinking the whole oh, if you want it done properly just do it yourself and
0: uh, no 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 <laughs> you
1: know, like this whole concept of I just didn't want to have to deal with unreliable people and all of that sort of mm-hmm. bad mental mm-hmm. thoughts that we had the best thing I've ever done is is build an amazing team of people Because now what I get to do is I get to spend time on putting our business on the map, but also personally inside the organization, developing our team as people, Mm. right? So we talk about impact, right? For me, I get way more impact running an internal team training session around communication or intentionality or empathy or running something around that, that I can see in their head that they're like, holy shit, right? It's like the deepest immersion of, education you could have because I get to educate then I get to see them every single day doing it and fulfilling it and and then I get to I can't go back and go, hey, how are we going with this? Oh, I just didn't do it. That's cool. That's all right. Let's get back on track and blah, blah, blah. And then I, so I get to see our own internal team develop as human beings versus, you know, having impact with, you know, posts reaching a, a million people and right. I don't really get to feel the impact because I think the reason why we do it is I don't want to just know I'm sort of having impact. I want to see that I'm having an yeah, impact.
0: absolutely. I want to give a really big shout out right now to a really good friend of mine, Carl Taylor. We were having this exact conversation over dinner a couple of weeks ago, and he was the one that said to me, you know what, Sam? He's like, the staff that we employ, that, that is our biggest impact. We put food on the table. We make sure that their family's happy. We make sure they've got a roof over their head. We make mm. sure that they're living their ideal life or giving them the opportunity to do what it is that they want, maybe take the family to Disneyland. And that impact is, you know, when you think about it, as a business owner, on our head, it's not just the people that we're reaching, it's the people within our immediate world, our team, our staff. Mm. And you're only, apart from Carl, you're only the second person that I've had that conversation with. So, I'm really glad that you touched on that because yeah, that night with Carl, he really opened my eyes to something that I hadn't really thought of, to be brutally mm-hmm. honest, and thought, you know what? That is so true, yeah. you know?
1: And that's such a fair thing, though, to, to think that because as entrepreneurs, you know, as, as visionaries, we're always thinking about what's next, what's next. I need a new team member. I need a new team member. But you actually have to stop and look at. And one of the things that I know we've done exceptionally well here is build the team culture, right? Because mm-hmm. there's this big shift in the, business world right now even in big corporate business around let's let's create the vision let's have value core values of the business and i mean at the end of the day you could have the vision on the wall you can have your values printed out on a we've got them in a photo frame everyone's got them on their desk you can have that but what does that mean it's just a piece of paper with some timber around it unless people are intentionally buying into the ethos of what does that mean? So what does it mean to be world-class? Well, I'll tell you what it means to be world-class and our entire team will know what it means to be world-class, you know, and it sets the standard of – not only the business, but every single person within inside it, like even to the point, this is, I can't believe I'm talking about this, but I told you the the universe will send us where I want, where it needs.
0: Exactly. We did. We knew that we were going to go down a (laughs) rabbit hole. Let's face it.
1: This this is a weird one, but you know, we've just moved into a massive new facility, right? And we got like 500 square meters, big open office. It's amazing, right? Fantastic Uh for the team. It was the next level that we needed to launch into our next phase of growth and so forth. Uh And with that comes a big kitchen. So we've got a big kitchen area, right? It's got uh-huh. two big fridges. We've got dishwashers and like an entire big room. That's like 10 meters by 10 meters. We got table tennis and all that stuff, right? Which is uh-huh. great. And what I've noticed is, you know, when you've got a number of different people, everyone has specific default habits, even down to the kitchen. Uh huh. My mum brought me up well. She, she taught me to be clean, tidy up after yourself, right? tidy up after yourself if you wash if you if you use it you wash it you dry it you put it away uh-huh. For me, that's sort of stock standard, right? Because that's my default pattern. That's my belief. But I'll tell you what, the amount of people who will leave it in a sink or they will wash it and put it on the on the sink and they'll leave the default. cloth all crunched up with water in it and uh, it's soap in it and, yeah, i I tell you what, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm <laughs> on the same page, right? But my point that I'm making here is, so I'm really talking about my team's um, cleanliness habits. Um <laughs> but, even to the point where I could get annoyed and go, guys, clean up this shit, right? Like, this is ridiculous. You know, keep it clean. You use it, put it away. Right. But there's a way to make messages messages have specific impact. Back when I was a cabinet maker, right? I got kicked out of high school, fell into a cabinet making apprenticeship and my boss back then. So I come out of my apprenticeship and I'd, I'd have apprentices under me mm-hmm. and um, had this one specific apprentice. He, he, um, it was his first day, right? His first day. And he's, he's going to router some holes in a door so he can uh-huh. put hinges on it. Right. Pretty, yep. pretty sweet. And a door is beveled, right? Either, either side of the door is beveled. If you didn't know that they are right. Just so yep. it can, so it can shut properly. And this guy, he routed the hinges on the wrong way of the bevel Uh-huh. and he did it on like three doors, Right. And my boss, one of my bosses at the time came out and he's like, what the f- is this? Uh-huh. <laughs> he picked up the door and we're talking you know, an $80 hollow core door, an internal door. All we needed to do, mind you, was take the hinges off, plane it off and redo it. Uh-huh. Not a big deal. But he looked and he's like, oh, you useless. See, blah, 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 blah. Picked up the door, throws the three doors and they all break and put holes in them. Oh, wow. And then... He continues to go through the entire pallet of doors, oh. picks them up, and just throws them around the factory. I'm standing, oh my gosh, this is this is crazy, right? So that's how he handled it. Uh-huh. And the message certainly didn't land, right? It didn't land because the poor kid made another mistake a couple of days later, and and he only lasted with us for a couple of weeks, yep. right? Now whether he was doomed for failure or not, that's another conversation. But the way in which it was approached was in my view, certainly not done in in the most impactful way if he was wanting to get to a specific outcome, which Mm -hmm. was to really share with this young kid what it means to put the the hinges on the wrong side of the door, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So going back to our kitchen is needing to literally sit down with the team and explain why, because I'm not dumb, right? I understand that when they go, when people go home, you might want to drip dry your dishes. Mm Mm-hmm. Cool, you might want to. I don't. Mm -hmm. I I don't. That's my ethos and, you know, just happens I write the checks and so not the checks, the checks. (laughs) Uh, And I feel that, you know, I've looked at it all and, you know, when someone leaves something to drip dry, then you're allowing everyone to do it and then it becomes a mess. So I can see, you know, four steps ahead of it. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, here's what we're going to do. Here's the, the guidelines, right, that we all buy into. Does everyone agree with them? Yeah, yeah, of course. That's fine. So you get agreeance first, everyone to agree on something. And then, of course, people get into their default habits you know some people like to throw tea bags in a sink mm-hmm. and they've pulled it out of their teacup yeah. i used to do that for some reason really? i don't know why until <laughs> you know I, I got in trouble enough times that i was like okay, i shouldn't do that right um so even how you're like really is a like, whoa we're, really that's weird right so we all do these weird things uh-huh. we all have we all have these default responses and we need to be aware of that, you know, and if if you have a team of people from a leadership perspective, you need to be aware of that. Each person acts differently, have a different personality, has different circumstances at home. They throw tea bags in the bin or the sink or they leave it. They don't wipe the bench down. I didn't realize it was a thing where you can just take your toast out of the toaster and and butter it on the bench without a chopping board or a plate. Oh,
0: wow. Okay. Right. Yep.
1: But but that's a normal thing. (laughs) And Going through and actually explaining and, and saying, here's why it's really important that we, we need to do this, and this is how it not only impacts what you're currently doing, but it impacts this and this and this and this, and really being able to articulate it in such a way that it's leading towards having an impact. Now, of course, after the first speech, people were still doing certain things and you got to remind them remind them remind them now it's to the point where apparently you know someone said to me today oh you i was, I was away all last week right um i was away all last week and um one of the team members said um i won't say names because they will listen to this Yeah,
0: prob- probably not
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna dob you in no. <laughs> and they say oh you're, you're lucky you weren't here last week because you know there was a there was a fair few things there on left on the bench but you know and this person said you know if if um just because Brett's not here doesn't mean you should leave it. And so, again, I'm, I'm helping and coaching people to do the right thing, not for just themselves, but for others, right? Yeah. And it's even in the point now where I'll walk in and if anyone's in the kitchen, they're like scoping to see if there's anything wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And not because I'm fearful or I'm scared or nothing. It's just they know how important it means to me. Yeah. Right? That's the difference. It's not out of a place of scarcity. It's out of a place of they know how important that means to me and how it affects me and my feelings because I've clearly articulated that to them.
0: Mm, mm.
1: So I don't know what got us onto that, but... um, I have
0: no idea either, but I think it was really cool. (laughs) You know, understanding how our actions do impact others and how it it can change even the smallest things or the smallest direction that we take as a company, as a team, whatever it is. Agreed. Yeah. Now, we have gone down a massive rabbit hole Because we were talking about paid marketing and scaling business. I believe that everything we've talked about is going to add so much value. So that's not an issue at all. But let's go back. What we spoke about right at the beginning of the episode is scaling with paid marketing and asking the right questions. How do we know when it's time to scale with paid marketing? What's the foundations that need to happen beforehand and the questions that we should be asking ourselves before we move into that paid platform?
1: The first thing that everyone needs to ask themselves is, where is this business going? Which
0: is what we've just talked about for the last 40 minutes, right?
1: <laughs> where is it going, right? Do you want to be a $10 million a year business or a million dollar a year, $100,000 a year or $20 million, $100 million? You need to get clear on that, right? Mm-hmm. So this comes back to basic business planning. And I feel it's so easy for entrepreneurs to start a new product or a service or a business that they're not really running a business there. They've got a a service or they have mm-hmm. got a product because there's a clear distinction between running an actual business and treating it like a business. Cause when you treat it like a business, you will run it like a business. Mm-hmm. If you treat it like a hobby, you will act in accordance to it being a hobby. You will sit there and try and learn your Facebook ads. Cause it's like, Oh, I'll give it a crack. I'll learn. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to gamble with, with some, you know, I've never seen so many people happy just to throw money at Facebook. It's unbelievable. Mm. Um, so really getting clear on, the economics of the business
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay. so really clear on that what are your monthly targets right. most businesses don't even have monthly targets mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right they're like I just want to sell a thousand courses would be good okay well what does that mean to the business how are you gonna sell a thousand courses where are the revenue streams coming from so this is before even you decide on Facebook ads or LinkedIn ads or snapchat or any of the other ad platforms right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is getting super clear on the economics and here is the most important number that anyone needs to understand if they're in business Mm -hmm. how much can you actually spend to acquire a customer the reason why i can build businesses really fast is i know my economics i know how much i'm willing to spend where it no longer makes commercial sense Mm -hmm. so if you know what your maximum cost per acquisition cost is so your max cpa you can identify that and I am yet to speak. There's one person that's, that's probably answered this correctly to me over the last two years of talking with hundreds of business owners, mm-hmm. right? Because most business owners don't realize it. They're like, oh, well, I sell a product for 300, so I'm happy to spend 50. So like, hold, on, hold, hold on a minute. Why mm-hmm. are you coming to that number? And, and one thing I'll never let people get away with is, okay, so you want a $20 lead? Why? Where'd you get that from? Oh, my friend told me that they're getting $20 <laughs> lead for Fred. Okay, well, mate, you don't know nothing about Fred's business or his brand or any of those variables and so on and so forth.
0: Mm-hmm, Let's mm-hmm. get
1: super clear on what can you actually spend to acquire a lead and even more importantly, a sale, mm-hmm. right? You need to take into account lifetime value. Like, I mean, this, mm-hmm. this is standard mm-hmm. economics, but most people don't do it. If you have repeat purchases, then you realize, well, geez, what can you go without at the front to get at the back? So you're either going to be a bootstrap business and you're going to have to invest every cent that you earn back into the business, which is essentially what I've done. The second is you can take investment, which with Campbell media group in our first year, we took a multi-million dollar round, which was, mm-hmm. which is fantastic for us to really speed up um, growth and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can have someone who gives you some money, right? Uh, those, you know, and not having to give up any, any components of, of business, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But that's really the only way to do it. You know? So when I have conversations with people going, I've got $20 a day to invest, it's like I don't even want to entertain that conversation with you only because anything that I say is not going to be valuable to you if I gave you, put $20 on one campaign with two ad sets and three images. Because mm-hmm. it's like it's, it's a long slog from a $10 or $20 a day budget to try and scale your business. Because that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. If you want to just have hundred grand a year, you can probably go and learn some ads, go do some Facebook courses and run a few ads and you make that money easily, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, if you've got a good product and you're a good person and you've got a good brand. Mm-hmm. You can't polish a turd, unfortunately. So but
0: We don't have turds listening to this show, so that's okay. Know,
1: tirds, <laughs> not <laughs> not this, some businesses are turds, right? And I'm just... Yeah, yeah. And I don't oh, I
0: know, totally know what you were talking about. Like
1: The reality of most businesses, most entrepreneurs shouldn't be running the business they're running right? And that's Mm -hmm. another conversation, but Mm -hmm. I truly believe that most entrepreneurs are in a trapped business right now. Mm -hmm. They're not, they're not running the business that they want to. And so, so for that example is making sure, you know, exactly what you can spend. Can you go without money profit for six months, 12 months, 18 months? Can you, um, and for a lot of businesses who are starting out, right, they don't necessarily know their lifetime value. So you've got to sort of work it out, you know. And there's there's some equations you can do to to get pretty close to it, right? Um, but I, I know people who have run a hundred million dollar. They did a hundred million in rev in the first eighteen months of their business, but they didn't. They knew that they were losing money, so they were they were paying like fifty dollars to acquire a twenty five dollar sale.
0: Oh, wow!
1: Right? Yeah. Which is. On the front end, it's like, whoa, you're losing money? But on the back end, it's like, well, wait till we get to month six. So take Uber, right? $4.7 billion in the red last year, $2.9 billion the year before, one point seven the year before. They churning through cash like you wouldn't believe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But when they hit that tipping point and they start to become profitable, mm-hmm. they're going to be printing money. Like there'll be hundreds of dollars of bills flying through the sky, right, for mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. So they just know their economics, right? Um, so us entrepreneurs, small business owners, et cetera, need to understand the economics. And an example is I had an electrician come to me and hopefully people can relate to this and try and work this out as you go. I'm going to use simple maths for, from an equation perspective, but yep. he came to me and was like, I need to, I want to sell more um, air conditioned installations. So I'm like, okay, cool. How much can you spend? Cause I always ask the question. And I was sort of set up, set them up. Uh-huh. How much can you spend to acquire a lead? Uh-huh. And he goes, 50 bucks. I said, okay, cool. Well, why 50 bucks? Where's that come from? Well, I had this other agency that was sort of getting me leads for, for, you know, for around that. So I think that's probably about right. And I said, well, how much money are we making from the other agency? Oh, we didn't make any sales. Right. So let's throw that out the window for a minute. Uh And let's work out what you can actually spend. How much does it cost for you to deliver the service? For him, it was about Uh $2,000. The cost of service was $2,000 by the time he paid his staff. You know, his operation costs were taken care of. Um, It worked out there was about $2,000 worth of cream in each job. Um, What's your sort of conversion rate from lead to sale? So people who inquire how many people buy. Uh And he had about a 50% strike rate. So he needed two leads to acquire a sale. Uh So he wanted... To pay one hundred dollars to make two thousand mm-hmm. dollars, I was like, who do you think you are?" <laughs> you're Aaron Buffett, like, yeah, exactly. Oh, hold on a minute, <laughs> like, and then I, you know, and and I sort of knew I knew this guy, so I, I could call him on that stuff. And, and yeah. I mean, I'm pretty straight shooter as it is. I'm like, well, just for a minute, let's just sort of work some scenarios. So you're saying you want to pay hundred dollars for a sale, and you want to make nineteen hundred dollars? Yeah, Yeah. Say, so, well mate, I would love to 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 be able to do that for you, right? But would you if I was to if you were to give me a thousand dollars and I gave you a thousand dollars back, would you still do that? And he's like, Yeah. Yep. I'm like, what if what if every fifteen hundred dollars you gave me, right? I gave you two thousand dollars back, like total. So you mm-hmm. make an extra five. It would be a matter of how many lots of fifteen hundred dollars you could give me, right? Cause it just makes sense like, you know, it, and at scale, this changes the entire game of Facebook, right? This, this is where it gets really exciting for me. Cause we, we see scale every day. We've got millions of dollars of budget that, that we're, we're utilizing. and We can see the rapid growth of this, but it starts with this, right? Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, so if you're willing to give me 15, or, you know, willing to give me $1,500, if I give you 2000 back total, why aren't you willing to pay $1,500 for a sale? Hmm. I don't know. Never really thought of it like that. And I'm like, because here's the dilemma. I believe that either one, most businesses are set up wrong, product positioning is wrong, and it needs to be fixed, or else you're just going to go and flog money down the toilet. And you might slowly burn it over time. And this is why I believe paid advertising on really, really minimal budgets is, is not effective it's not effective for the overall growth of a business. It might be Mm -hmm. to get a little bit of awareness and so forth, but you'll quickly know if you put a scale campaign towards something, if your business is set up for failure or success. And I don't know about you, but I'd much rather know that the business I have is set up for failure. And I'd rather know in six months than six years because I've tried to learn it and do the bits and pieces, right? It's either set up for failure or you're sitting on a gold mine and you are the limiting factor that's stopping it from scaling, right? Mm. Let me let me sh- highlight that because this is so important. Because we're sitting on his business, and I'm looking at going, man, you actually have a really good business model here. Like I know for a fact that because we're doing it in another industry and another client, but again, doesn't mean exact results, etc. But I know that industry, and I know that we could be getting your sales for like three hundred dollars. I didn't say that to him because I don't want to put that cement in his mind. Yeah, but it's yeah, like exactly. It's like. You're cutting your business off because you don't want to spend past the hundred. So, and, and this is that I hope there's some agency owners, solo agency owners out there listening to this because this is this is some massive, very important, valuable news for you. Because I've I've talked to a lot of agencies or client potential clients who have got agencies. I'm like, bring your agency on and let's have a chat, right? And it's eye opening is that. You might find the sweet spot for a sale of an air conditioning installation in X area is $485. But if you're killing your campaigns and you're not allowing the marketing budget to go past it because you've got this unrealistic expectation and limitation of $100 a sale, Mm -hmm. you're not giving your crop enough water to grow. Yeah. Right? Right. Like, it's it's just unbelievable that, like when I had this reckoning and this sort of came from just talking with hundreds and hundreds of business owners, I'm like, there's so many businesses out there that are actually sitting on a pot of gold and you're the person limiting it because one, you're either wanting to try and learn it yourself. You don't know your business economics, the numbers that really matter because that's all that matters. You know, at the end of the day, you're in a business to generate revenue. That is the purpose of a business. Mm-hmm. right if you're not you could go and serve 10 million people but if you're making 50 bucks you, that's you're not
0: really serving
1: good luck no you're not yeah, that's exactly right. yeah so really understanding that and coming to grips with that can really set a business up for some massive success or, or a very quick failure or a pivot and, and and change and the amount of businesses we've seen that and you know we had one company come to us where they have half a million dollar a month budget on like radio, TVCs, cold mail, so direct mail. That's still yep. still around you, 100,000. Um, actually, there this was $100,000 a week in, in direct mail. I'm like, holy crap. And they're only spending a couple of thousand dollars on Facebook. I'm like, what? Like, what's going on here? Anyway, long story short, we're, you know, we're, we're almost reaching half a million dollars a month monthly budget for this company now. And they are making bank, like, flip their business on on its head because yep. we they understand their commercial outcomes. They understand the... The money that they can invest and they're willing to push the threshold Um, so a lot of people have unrealistic expectations based off a fallacy and not facts of Mm -hmm. what they can and should spend to acquire a customer
0: so if someone's listening to this right now and goes yeah everything that you just said Brett made total sense I understand it but I mm. don't know how that applies to me and my business. How do I know that if I put all of that money into Facebook ads that my business is actually going to explode? Because I think that, that exactly like you said, there are some businesses that mm. are sitting on a gold mine and there are some businesses that really are not. How, how do they know what to do next?
1: Yeah, the, the easy way and I'll give you the, my honest truth answer is the higher you be their coach to tell them, help guide them, and then hire us to do it for them, right? That's the ultimate answer, right? That, that, yep. And I'd be, I'd be negligent to say that I wouldn't recommend people to do that because that's if you don't know, then you've got to find out someone who does know who can help usher you along the, the velvet carpet till you get yes. to the door of I know,
0: right?
1: Yes. Um, so I definitely think that. It's not about, again, how, it's who. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And if
1: you're listening to this, Success Leaves Clues, we're talking about it, reach out to Sam, reach out to me right? Ask a question, go, Hey, this is where I'm at. Can I have a conversation to see if this will work? One thing with us, you know, is we won't take on a business. if We don't think that it, it can be successful either. Cause it's, you know, we need to sleep at night. And, but in the same token, if you do some basic mathematics based off what we've talked about here and actually start treating your business, like it's a business and not just a, a fun hobby that you want to do. Right. Because i tell you what, your freedom and your lifestyle will be a lot easier when there's a lot more zeros in your bank.
0: Oh, yes.
1: People, right?
0: Yes. Um,
1: (laughs) So so start treating it like a business because you're only going to get zeros in the bank by actually looking at zeros, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. You know, best place to start for people is to get clear on that first. Because once you do, you'll realize that, oh, I get it. I shouldn't even know what a a DPA ad is. I shouldn't Mm -hmm. even know how to install a tracking pixel. If you have desires of becoming the number one digital growth agency in the world, then I highly recommend that you go through and you learn all these things and you learn. So for me, the only, the, the, the bright shining thing out of this is all those years and thousands of hours I sat there learning HTML code and all the shopping cart integrations and psychology and copywriting, and persuasion, all of that stuff. Now I get to go and build a company for it. If I didn't, it would be the biggest waste of my education that I've ever seen right so stick in your lane of what you're super human in right mm-hmm. stay in that lane and find people to help support that and be a part of it with you that's 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 the biggest thing you know like you have to start treating your business like it's a business
0: and you know you, we've just full circled an hour later to exactly what we started with how is the wrong question i had someone pull me up on linkedin the other day and say that she didn't agree with me and that's fine <laughs> But I still don't believe it's the right question to ask to have you moving forward.
1: Um, I agree. It should be who and then how do I connect mm, with that person? Totally. Who? Well, it's Samantha. Oh, how do I get a hold of it? I'll tell you what, reach out on Facebook. What if she doesn't message me back? Keep reaching out on Facebook. What if she doesn't message back? Find someone connected with Samantha to make an intro for you. What if that person doesn't connect me? we we'll find someone else right there. Just be relentless. Like You either want this or you don't want it. That, that's oh, the facts.
0: Absolutely. I just finished reading Shoe Dog on the weekend. I don't know. Have you read Shoe Dog?
1: I've seen your post and yeah. Oh, I, my I goodness. To the you audiobook. have
0: to pick it Oh, Just seriously, If for anyone that's listening, Shoe Dog is the memoir of Phil Knight, founder of Nike mm-hmm. or co-founder of Nike. And seriously my husband was laughing at me because I did not move all day Saturday off the sofa, which I never do. I, I, I have ADHD just about. I can't sit in one place for 10 minutes. And I did not move all weekend and read this book from cover to cover. And, you know, entrepreneurs, we're a really strange breed. We think very, very differently. <laughs> and just reading that and understanding what has gone behind building, you know, that business. People... Would look at that and go oh 300 billion dollar business like i wish i wish i could do that mm. or i wish that i was lucky enough to like seriously read the book there there was not luck there was the most incredible amount of grit and hustle and hard work behind that mm. and also quite funny that a lot of that was going against his own education which i found really intriguing you know with his accounting background mm. going this is not what i would tell a client but this is what i had to do to make it happen yeah. which is really cool and i guess Shows probably what you've said. We all have these amazing backgrounds. You know, I've got health and wellness background too, and you know, I had a dance studio, I've had retail stores, and all these things. And I believe that all of them have brought us to where we are. I also don't think probably is either of us have reached the end. It's just the next little mm-hmm. part of the journey along the way, and all of our journey brings us to where we need to be for the next part.
1: Hundred percent agree, and we'll uh, it'll never end until we uh, take our last breath. As far as I'm concerned. I think for me, the biggest driver about jumping in sort of head first and then sort of realizing whether or not the water's deep enough has gotten me much further down the track of where I'd be if I played it cautious. Right now, yeah. again, I'm not saying jump into water without checking it. Um, yeah. But because <laughs> there's people listening going, oh, geez, that's some bad advice. What I'm talking <laughs> about some, sometimes, you know, and you tapped on this, and I know we sort of briefly had this chat before we, we recorded, it's easy to go, oh, things happen for a reason, right? It's easy to say that and go, oh, it is what it is. And that's cool. And I believe that. But there's a difference of hearing and going, yeah, 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 things happen for a reason. But then actually feeling that at the core of your being, knowing that that is actual, like as though a religious person believes in God. I believe it that deeply that every single thing that we do, say, interact with, don't interact with is exactly how it's supposed to be, right? And it's far beyond just going, everything happens for a reason, damn it. You know, it's raining today. Well, earth needs some water, right? Like really believing that because what it does for me personally is it it allows me to reduce a lot of this, what do we call it? Um, entrepreneurial pressure that we probably put on ourselves mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. achievement and always succeeding and so forth. It allows me to really be, to be at comfort and, and be at peace with knowing that this was supposed to happen. I was supposed to put Unleash Your Greatness on hold. I was supposed to build the fastest growing fitness company at the time and then realize that, holy shit, what am I doing? Like I was supposed to. That's, mm-hmm. and, and I mm-hmm. believe that at the core, which allows the next levels of decisions to be made quicker, easier with, with less pressure around it. You know, it allows me to have that mindset shift because I was the guy that was, I'll just do my own Facebook ads.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I spent millions of dollars on Facebook ads myself before I started the agency. Man, if I'd have known what I know now, I would have hired someone back then who was probably, you know, hopefully better than me, or I would have just pursued the person, right? Whilst I did other things and created another dozen products and made more multiple millions, right? Versus sitting there doing it all myself. So I I certainly am a a massive believer that 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 is the truth that you are where you are right now. You're listening to this right now. You something that myself or you might have said Sam about you know anything to do with your business you might be sitting there going oh my god I've been sitting there for six months trying to figure out Facebook ads and I've just realized the amount of times I go to events and people come up to me and they're like you know thanks so much for a great session I'm like oh what was your biggest takeaway and whilst I like to give some tactics because everyone likes tactics right that they can sort of go and implement and get a little bit of a dopamine drip
0: mm-hmm.
1: the biggest thing that I'm getting now is I've just realized that I should not be doing that but not only my marketing, I also realized that I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be doing that. And they've heard it before. It's the same thing of everything happens for a reason. You've heard it 50,000 times probably in your life. But have you actually heard it? Like, have you felt it? Have mm-hmm. you embodied it? Is is this part of your cellular makeup?
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. when that's the fact and everything else, the decisions just come a lot easier.
0: Right. But- this episode has just been fabulous. There's just so much value in this. I've absolutely loved our conversation and I will certainly be to go back and, and listen to it. But for the people that are listening that are also feeling the same way, how do they stay connected with you?
1: Um, just look, reach out on any of the socials. Yeah, I'm, I'm generally on Facebook um, or Instagram. You can just search my name, Brett Campbell, or, you know, reach out to you and, maybe get an intro that way whatever the case may be I'm, I'm, uh, I'm always there and I try and do my best to get back to everyone's messages um, as quickly as and as effectively as I possibly can
0: lovely and of course we'll put those links in the show notes as well right. always just like to talk about it for the people that are like me that listen to podcasts on the go yep Brett it's been an absolute pleasure hanging out with you here today thank you so much for being a return guest and I'm sure there'll be another time again
1: Thanks for having me back and I look forward to the next round.
0: (laughs) Thanks, Brett. Do you want to grow and scale your business so you can make an even bigger impact? One of the reasons I've been able to achieve the success I have over the years can be attributed to one simple factor, surrounding myself with like-minded people people who think big like me, who have a desire for growth, and who understand the challenges we face when growing and scaling a business. That's why I've created a free community, especially for thought leaders and experts just like you, and I'd love you to join us. Just request access to my free Facebook group at Thought Leaders Inner Circle. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to share this on your favorite social account. Just head to podcast click on your favorite episode and you'll see the buttons right there to share the love and as this show is new i would love 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 you to leave a five-star rating and a review on itunes see you next time in the thought leaders business lab